What's up, man? Patrick. How's it going? How's it going? As you're sitting in a vague or uh, random conference room that's empty at office. I am. Office. The, the the small room is empty, but the office is not. It's a, it's a late one for everyone tonight, as I'm sure most of the listeners can... Is everyone relate. pointing in anger? Like, what the hell? This guy's over here podcasting. No, no, because this room is actually where pitching. You know, a lot of uh, media pitching happens, so the window happens to be kind of covered up with this Asian-inspired <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so no, no one can see me. No one knows I'm in here. No one knows you're in there, nope. that's why. And what are you doing? You're working from your mom's basement or something? That's exactly where I am. Now, um, you know, I am uh, sitting in my room with no windows oh. doing this because I have dual monitors in here. And then I'm going to do a freelance. That's right. So wait, wait. So you, you don't know. have windows in your room, do you? I mean, I've seen it. But... Uh, correction. Okay. I have one window and it looks upon an air shaft. Yeah, yeah. I think I knew so, that. It's weird because it's like a window. I have that air shaft window, and then my roommate has that air shaft window. I think there's some legalities around that when the apartment was built 100 years ago. But so I like – it sounds really ghetto. I, but I put a I put a towel up because it was like weird, dude. Like I'm trying to sleep, and like maybe his girlfriend's over that night. Maybe they're uh, like, I, I don't know what understood. they're doing, but I don't want to accidentally see anything. I think we can let the listeners connect the so, dots there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the same time too, is like we both sleep have different sleep schedules, so like it's really, really bothersome when one person's trying to sleep and the other person's up really late, and all of their light is in your room. I totally get that. So, quickly, why don't we just chat about uh, what this is? Uh, this whole episode's about here. Uh, well, go, go ahead. I was go just ahead, gonna go say ahead. we wanted to uh, take a moment to um, kind of have a discussion. Uh, we just wrapped a season of the start. Uh, we had a great time. We spoke with some great people, smart people. And uh, to bring that word back again, Patrick and I just wanted to rap about it, if you will, and kind of maybe shed a little light into our stories and, and just chat. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, it's interesting. And, you know, this is for some makes for some very short reflection because this is the end of season one. Season one is technically 10 episodes long. That's including the recap, so nine guests in total. And it's really like a pilot experiment program. Um, it's been really, really fun. Really fun. Um, I think they progressively got better over the series of interviews. Um, part of that's because, I don't know, we got cool guests, and you and I sucked yeah. less. But Mostly you. It, you know, it, <laughs> yeah, right? It's interesting because I remember when we first had the discussion, I was like, you know, I really want to start doing this because I find it, for whatever reason, I found it interesting to hear about how people got started in their career. I think at the time I was switching careers and had no clue mm-hmm, how the fuck mm-hmm, I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. So that was like my my sort of uh, window into what could be opportunity for me. Um, and I was like, what do you think I should name it? I was like, I don't know. I was like, you know, something about people and their beginnings, blah, blah. And you're like the start. And I was like, yeah, yeah I remember maybe. not liking it that much. Even work. though I knew, I knew I was it was like, gold yeah, as soon as little, I said it. Uh, Oh yeah, the f- fucking I don't know, I don't know what you call yourself, the whiz kid, the creative guy, whatever. Um, and I was like, man, and then it, I sort of mulled on it for a little bit, and then I bought the domain, and I think that's really when it like, that's when everything went well. And you know, when we got our first guest, I'm not gonna say who it is because none of this is in chronological order except for the recap. Um, I reached out to a guy I knew that I was friendly with, right? I met him mm-hmm. when I was in college and stuff. Um, and I was like. 
let me ask somebody I vaguely know as a friend to be the first episode because that might make it a little bit easier. And then we booked it. And uh, I think you were in and out a few episodes because you had some prior engagements, which, you know, it's totally fine. We're yeah, all busy. Yeah. But that's when I was like, holy shit, this is fun. It's fun. I don't know. It's interesting to like um, you have, you know, you get that, that feeling of accomplishment when you've done something and you have something tangible. Yeah. Um, and in this case, the audio well, is the tangible part. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's cool because it's fun. It's it's great to talk to these creative minds, you know, and hear their story. That's always cool. But uh, also at the same time, it's kind of like a discovery piece as well. So we're we're discovering little nuggets uh, of insight, you know, from these these creatives that uh, that all have different stories as to how they started, and just as we all do. So if we could interview everyone, that'd be pretty cool. But yeah. Yeah, that'd be it'd be like a uh, people of New York, but podcast and not limited to New York. Uh, Right. So Uh, yeah, everyone. (laughs) For anybody who doesn't know about people of New York, it's a guy who literally just takes photo humans of New York. Yeah, he literally just takes photos of of random people um, that live and that are in New York and adds like a quick little like sentence to one paragraph story. Um, So that's what we're talking about. And and you know what else is interesting uh, actually about this episode too? Quickly is. I think we should now, you know, give a little background on ourselves, if you will, or how we got the start. And what's interesting about it is it is a it is coming at the end versus the beginning. Right. So too many times we introduce ourselves at the beginning. Right. The, the beginning is always the time to say uh, this is who I am. This is what I do. But instead, we're doing it at the end. We're going to say this. This is we're doing it. Yeah. We're do- yeah. Well, we're sort of doing it like a television show where they give you like the five a three minute clip into the episode and then they do the intro it's like our five six minute clip and then we're talking no i'm kidding we've already started the show Mm -hmm. um why don't you hit it off mr nick rovisa who are you you okay what do i do that's i guess that's a we'll start current and we'll work backwards that works um so i'm a digital producer at uh text 100 which is a integrated communications agency uh mid-size about 500 employees uh globally and it's traditionally been a PR agency and we now have a fledgling um, digital practice which I'm a part of as well so the digital producer role uh, I tend to be half an account guy uh, account manager type role half project manager so one side I'm dealing with the client figuring out ideas the other side I'm dealing with the people that are helping us make the ideas happen uh, which is kind of cool it's interesting stressful but neat so prior to that uh, I actually joined Text 100 in the Rochester office where I'm from and there I joined as a purely PR person. I mean, I had never done PR and I joined as a senior account executive. Yeah, I was pitching media. Um, Neil Ungerleiter, if you're listening, Fast Company. Uh, I freaking month into the job, landed a story with Neil. It was, it was... Hey, Neil, you were my first pitch. I'm no, sorry. No, it did it not suck. He loved it and Kidding. he wrote and... Kidding. Oh man, what a feeling! What a feeling it is to, to get a story in Fast Company from someone. It's uh, it was great. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty big, man. So then, and like I said, we're going backwards. So prior to that, I was at Finn Partners in Digital in New York City. Once again, sort of project managing. This was more. Uh, this is like three to four years now ago. So social media was still not that it isn't hot now, but it was still just. Uh, hot. There were still a lot of Facebook like campaigns and things like that, which you know don't really matter anymore. But uh, so it was definitely 
working in the, the digital realm and in helping with uh, social media for our clients. Uh, along the way to getting there, I had been a part of a small two-person PR agency, a startup in the footwear category, uh, as well as a startup in the security space. It was a uh, software-based security tool that uh, in the wake of the Virginia Tech shootings and things like that, you could essentially dial uh, using VoIP, you could dial a number and using these end effector controllers that were placed on each door, it would shut each door and lock them all instantaneously. Now, of course, you could use a mobile app for that. Um, but yeah, so wait, were, was the shoe company in this the same or two, two different, different companies. companies? Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, two different companies. <laughs> a securities shoe nope, company. Two different companies. Um, fan shoes were the shoes, and we'll, we can throw that in the show them a little love. We can throw those in the show notes. Yeah, man. That's yeah, and that's now. it. And then Damn you know what we'll shoes. do here? I'll lead into you, Patrick, into how we met. So the first time, my first stint in New York City. Oh, man, it was fucking romantic. Well, I wouldn't say that. My first stint <laughs> in New York City, um, like I said, was with Finn Partners, and I just happened to go out to a uh, startup launch party at the Gansafor. Very uh, very classy stuff. Um, the romantic the, uh, startup was glimpsed i believe i don't remember it's gone Gl- yeah gone something now. like that i don't they yeah, probably don't some exist sort anymore. of um crazy photo sharing site that missed the mark but through a hell of a party uh so i had gotten there and patrick showed up basically with his luggage and a book bag and said he had just moved there and so begins patrick's story yeah i actually lit that day was uh march oh shit man that was March seventeenth. Oh, uh, that's five days that. from today. So that's uh, that's fuck, many years. Three or four year? I think it's I think it's three years. Could be four. That I've been in New York. Might be four. I don't. Two thousand eleven? No, it's three. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, three. Yeah, it's three. Yeah. So three years ago, um, I was. I guess instead of going backwards from current day, I'm going to go from from the past. Yeah, to, you're going to do what normal uh, people to do. play that's off of fine. that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, three years ago, March 17th, I literally moved to New York that day. Um, I probably moved five. I was living in Astoria, Queens. I unpacked all my shit. I put on a book bag cause I was hanging out with friends. I had already, luckily for me, I'd already, uh, lived in New York cause I went to NYU for a little bit. Um, and that night my friend, Brett Petersell, Brett, shout him out a little bit, give him a little love. Um, he was working with this company doing some freelance. He threw their, their, uh, launch party. I don't know what kind of party it was, but he was like, Come hang, you know, rooftop the cans for it, meat packing, free food, free booze. Done deal. I'm there. Yep. Fresh out of college. That's where I met Nick. We uh, we bonded over social nonsense. Startups, um, all that. And more so startups, more so over like basketball and stuff. So him and I started playing basketball. Um, throughout the whole time, I worked at a, a relatively small, medium small to small production digital advertising agency called Boombox. We did a lot of emails for like Amex and stuff like that. Worked there for about a year. To the listeners, you'll Um, recall um, Boombox from an earlier episode as well. Yes, you will. Um, And I think it's okay that we'll say this because this is technically at the end. But uh, Boombox is where I met one of our guests, Samira Villamore. Uh, Samira's pretty awesome. We actually talked about how we met in that episode, obviously through work and stuff. But um, I I worked there for about a year. And then what ended up happening was I jumped around a little bit. Um, I went overseas for a month. I went to Dubai, came back. I remember that. PR place. Yeah, that was crazy, man. Go to Dubai. Um, worked at a fashion PR spot for a little bit. Left that. Went to a larger ad agency. 
got laid off. Um, and it was, you know, it was interesting because, like, the first thing I bought after I laid off was a fucking bottle of whiskey. Um, I don't know if you've ever been laid off, but if you had listeners, it's not – it's interesting because, like, it's not that bad because, you know, you're going to land on your feet. But talk about a punch to the ego like, yeah. right in the face. But um, so during that whole time, I was, like, you know, talking to my girlfriend and just talking to her about how, like, you know – out of shape I was not physically but like mentally I wasn't stimulated at work I didn't love what I was doing and I don't mean like I didn't love as in like a passion project I was like miserable at work I remember did not enjoy that you and I talked about that um and what ended up happening a lot of people don't know this I don't really publicize it because I'm still slightly ashamed of it a little bit but Mm -hmm. I got laid off and that's what opened up the door for me to really get back get into development front end development what I do now uh full time. And I remember this too because I remember and, quickly. I remember I just want to interject here uh that I was also starting to mess with um you know learning how to code as well just try just like thinking about it yeah, we both were and I remember yeah. uh for me it was definitely much more difficult and I was I was treating it Yeah. Well, I was already I was already into it a yeah. little bit, right? Cuz I I took uh, this probably isn't your typical and um, typical way to go about it. And some of our guests are probably when they hear this, they're probably like, oh, "That guy's such a sham." But I had um, when I went to NYU, the program I was in, I basically paid paid a flat mm. fee. So I paid, you know, thirty, twenty k, whatever it was, stupid NYU amounts for either twelve or from minimum twelve, maximum eighteen mm-hmm. credits. So, growing up like the penny pincher I was, I was like, "Dude, if I'm paying a flat rate, I'm gonna get the most out of it." So. So I took an HTML CSS course. I actually called my brother. I was like, should I take HTML or HTML CSS? He was like, HTML CSS. So I took that. Um, and that was Got my it. foray Got into it. the development world. And like fucking around a little bit with like f- changing names of files on a WordPress thing that me and my friend were doing. That was a, That's a totally different story. That was <laughs> hilarious. Um, but um, so that's how I got into it. And I was pushing you a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, while well, I was working, but well, and I guess I, had, I guess at uh, that point, what I, just to bring it back, I was saying that I did not realize uh, at the time, um, you know, that how serious you were, you know, and how this literally was going to be you were going to chart a new path. This was going to be your new direction. Well, it, it was interesting because it was like um, I couldn't. A lot of people are like, do what you can do in your nights and weekends. And that's all gravy, except for when you come home miserable. And when I say miserable, I mean there was points where I just didn't want to get out of bed. Let Not alone, like let alone work on like, yeah, side projects and learning something. Yeah, but. yeah. It wasn't like any crazy dangerous thoughts, but it was like I don't mind calling in sick every day for a week because I, I want to do it. Yep. It was to the point where it, you know, not an ego thing, but when you're not proud to tell your mom what you do, that's a problem. Mm. And that's when I really realized, like when I didn't want to, when I was more embarrassed about telling people what I did because I didn't believe in it, I was like, fuck. And it, it's really hard to take a leap and try something new because you just went through four years of college. You spent all this money. Everyone tells you this is what you're supposed to do. And you're like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. And then on top of that, you're trying to get into something that's more technically minded, right? Like I can bullshit my way through a social, through a marketing, PR, advertising, social media interview all day. Put me in one now. It's fine. Go into a development interview. Yeah, I'll bullshit as much as I can until they're like, how does this right. work? You can't That's bullshit true. that because they know the answer and you don't. So it was scary as shit. I think a lot of listeners but, can um, uh, relate to that. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring it back full circle. But when I got laid off, that was that was the opportunity. 
right? It was a weird opportunity because that's not really – opportunities don't present themselves in a negative manner. But it was like, hey, you fucking hate this. This is your chance to not be in it anymore. And right after I got laid off, I applied to like one or two like typical ad places. I talked to some friends at some agencies around here. I was like – you know, I was unemployed for about eight months. Part of that was because I was uh, teaching myself. Part of that was because I did a freelance gig. I mean, I'll be super straight honest. Um, this might come and bite me in the ass when it comes to taxes. But um, right after I got laid off, I had a freelance gig for like 10 Gs. And it was because I did a really, really big project involving South By. I wasn't working for South By. I was an agency. But that 10 Gs kept me afloat mm. for most of my unemployment. I lived pretty nice. meagerly. Yeah. Um, but that, that gave me the runway. So I was able to, 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 to go beast mode, learn all the things I wasn't able to learn cause I was miserable and I didn't just have the time. Um, and then I did an internship. Um, and I did an internship cause I started applying to, to full-time jobs. And I realized that like knowing, knowing what this thing is in JavaScript is cool, but not understanding how a development team works is just as important. So I did what was easiest. I was like, I had still have a little bit of runway. I, I remember do an internship. I'm, once I spent again, three I remember yeah. uh, chatting with you about this and you kind of asking what to do. You know, if you should go for the internship, if you should um, yeah, right, or, go, or full go full time. time. And I do remember, and I'm glad you did, telling you that I think the internship would be the best way to go. You got to learn. Yeah. Um, best awesome. decision I ever made, I think, because it's like um, interns are interesting, right? Because when you're in a uh, what I call a non technical role, it's really hard to garner value as an intern. But when you're in a technical role and you can literally ask someone why and how things work or why it should be written this way, you learn a lot and you don't lose anything, right? You're not going to get fired. Well, well yeah, sort of a fail suck, safe. But yeah. for the most part, you won't. Yeah, 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 So I did that. I love those guys. They're Crate Design. They're CrateDesign.com, at Crate on Twitter. Best bunch of dudes and gals there. It was literally – Five people plus me, two designers, the rest were developers. It was the best experience I've ever had cool. work-wise. That's when I really, really knew it's what I wanted to do. Then I did a little bit of freelance stuff, and um, now I'm a full-time front-end developer at a company called ENK. We do fashion trade shows. It's not the most sexiest thing, but honestly, um, I enjoy it. They pay me to make cool new things. I'm in the process of making new things because they have a lot of room to grow. And they also sort of pay me to work, right? Or pay me to learn because, like – I'm the developer. They're like, hey, can we make an iPhone app? I'm like, oh, yeah, give me, give me a little bit of time. Nice. Let me figure it out. And I get to do it. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Um, so that's like a long-winded, fuck, 20-minute intro about that's us. That's fine. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. So uh, hmm. I sort of want to know, Nick, because I'm, I'm – I'll just hit you with a question. Do you have any interview that we did that uh, – and for all those of you who don't, who don't know, Nick leads all of our audio editing – um, no. So whether he's been on an episode or not, he's probably listening. Yeah, to him but all. you know, um, just because I lead it doesn't mean you can direct the negative tweets at me. I'm trying. I'm doing as much as GarageBand <laughs> allows me to, guys. Yeah, um, and we're like noobs at editing too. But so yeah, that's but a yeah, learning to answer your itself. question, yeah, but, um, I, I think they're they're all great. They're all unique uh, in their own way. Uh, the only thing they're not unique in is basically everyone we interviewed uh, at a young age has just achieved. You know, so much. It's crazy. Yeah. You know? It, it's interesting because it's, uh, it's, um, it can be intimidating to hear mm. Sam Sophus, Johnny Hallman, Tim Smith, John Gold, Samira, Villamore, Danny, and Aubrey Johnson. So that's all but two people 
say that they've done this from a younger age. I I may make a correction and say Dan Eden might not been might not have been that young when he started because like all those other people did it when they were yeah. like ten. Um, so it's super intimidating, but it also shows that it's definitely an industry yep. passion. So favorite, hmm, that's a tough one. I think uh, definitely top. Three. No, no, no. I think favorite. I can favorite. go favorite. I think the Johnny Hallman is definitely uh, was my fave. He the, it that was, was good because uh, not only do I like uh, it's tough too because so is John Golds because to me I love everything he the that dude designs. I just I just his design aesthetic the way. <laughs> You know what I mean? I yeah. just it's totally me. Uh but I think Johnny um had the coolest story, you know. I think the flyer weaved in, I think that was really interesting how like he felt, literally felt compelled. You know, he saw this flyer and it just felt compelled uh to take action yeah. on it. When he sees flyers, you know, all the time, I'm sure. And none of them matter to him at all. And but at that moment that one did and you know, wow, what what a door it opened up, you know, he created something awesome oh, and then boom. Yeah. Well, internship to first yeah. job. Um, that was the first flyer. And then the second flyer was Adobe yep. design competition. Yeah, I think yeah. it was design competition. It was something with Adobe. Um, he enters into that. Uh, Tino Roth Eisenberger, better known as Swiss Miss mm-hmm. is a judge. He wins. They stay in contact. Now he yep. works out of studio. There. There's a lot that happened in between, but like that's, that's a pretty firm connection. Very cool. right? Um, that was you? good. Yeah, that was a really good interview. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with. Fuck, you know it's hard. Not gonna lie, guys. Um, this was the first season, and because it was quote unquote my baby from the beginning, I sort of uh, Nick had a strong hand in helping figure out who we interviewed. But most of the interviewees or potential interviewees were yeah, people you're, that I you're picked. Attached, definitely. So yeah, so yeah, I have a slight attachment. With everybody like. Uh, Dan Denny and I, I met Dan back when I was in college, right? And he was there from the beginning. Tim Smith, uh, he's been a pretty active um, supporter in me just doing dev stuff. Johnny Hallman, I reached out to him when I didn't know what the fuck to do when I was first trying to get started. Nathan Bashaw, when I first got started. Sam Sofas, he was a passive mentor for me when I first got started. My Which I still Rails. think is a great um, app idea, but go on. Yeah, yeah, and I'll, 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 I'll write a post. I'll do something about it. I did buy PassiveMentors.com, though, so that Perfect. works. Um, John Gold, I admire his work. Yep. He's pretty cool. Samira Villamore, I worked with her. Um, Dan Eden, I admire his work, and I admire his tenacity. He's such a young guy. I felt like, you know, skill-wise, he's, in my opinion, probably better than I am. Um, but I, I saw some of the similar traits in that, you know, we both had strong interest in it early on. And then um, – Aubrey, I'm going to go ahead and say t- if I had to do top three, it's probably going to be Tim, Sam, and then my brother, mm-hmm. Aubrey. Um, that's a biased reason. It's, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but we didn't we didn't live together um, without delving too deep. And I don't know how much he'd want me to release on, on our younger upbringing, but he lived with my grandmother for, uh, I want to say, like 10 or 12 mm-hmm up until he graduated high school and then he went on. So we didn't we didn't grow up together. So a lot of the stuff that he talked about in his formative years, yeah. I didn't know he did. Cool. I mean, that, that's um, cool, though, that he was able to do that. Yeah. Well, it, it, as much as it's an, it's an exploratory interview where you learn stuff for the listener, it was the same for me because I didn't know. I didn't know he was sitting in detention, like uh, working out HTML layouts um, and trying to visualize fucking HTML syntax with a friend. Like I didn't know he did that. I didn't know he was interested in computers wow. at all. And 
it's it you know it's interesting because who knows my I I could have been designing and developing since I was a young kid too if he if his influence was there. Um, so that was really really an interesting one and whether he knows it or not without getting too sappy I look up to him. I actually had a phone call today with him about needing some advice on some work stuff. Um, so that was I don't know that was really good for me. He's he's always been uh, a passive role model. In that, a big brother is always yeah. going to be that, right? Like they sure. can beat you up, but no but and but and he's good, Patrick. Very good. He, I mean, I'm not bragging for him, but top 75 yeah. designers in the tech no, industry in 2013, he's, uh, business insider. He's pretty solid. Yeah, um, but that was probably by far sentimental. That was my best one. I think impact wise, I think Tim Smith was probably the one I liked the most, just because that dude was self uh, motivated and he hit a lot of a lot of struggles. Imagine being discriminated against three times for your age, even though you work in an industry that is skill, yeah, um, skill based, focused. Right. Yeah, that, that's fuck. I don't know. That's tough. Um, that's hard. Um, but it's interesting, you know. I think um, I when we when I think it was we uh, when we spoke with Nathan Bashaw, um, who's now at General Assembly, he made some cool things before that, which got him the intro to General Assembly. Um, it might have been on the recording, it might not have been, but afterwards when him and I were chatting, he's you know, he was he thanked me for being on the show, which is totally fine, even though, you know, I, I have more gratitude towards him for that, for joining us. He um he mentioned he's like, you know, this all this happened in like two or three years, and this is probably the first time I've been able to reflect on it. Hmm. Um and granted that's not the case for maybe that's not the case for all of our guests now in the past or in the future, but you know, that's that's sort of interesting. Uh, I right? think post interview with a few people. You know, uh, that said the same thing that said that, you know, it's been a little while since they actually uh, had to sit there and, and think about their story and reflect on it and then and, and also try and give some insight and um, things like that. So I, I think without knowing we were doing that and without, uh, you know, planning to do that, um, this podcast is actually doing that, you know, for some. And I think that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. I think. um I think we don't necessarily – it's not that we take things for granted, but we often forget how we got started, right? Because like – The whirlwind. I mean, yeah. Well, like I can think about it. for me. I remember I was doing freelance work and I I just come back from Italy. This was you know last year or whatever. Anna and I took a – Anna's my girlfriend. Anna and I took a trip to Italy for a wedding and then we doubled that as a little quick little vacay too. Um, and it was something that we had committed to before I got laid off because otherwise I would have been like, hey, babe, sorry, can't go. Um but I came back from that, and my internship was done, and I was in like the job hunt. I was I was job hunt, but also learning and, and building. Um, so it was dual role, and I was like, I hate working from home. So what am I going to do? And I worked from the public library, from uh, the big one on uh, Bryant Park. And then I was sitting in there one day, and uh, Jamie Kennard, I think that's how you say his last name. He's the founder owner of Crate, and he was like, Hey, man. He's like, I hope all's going well. He's like, You know, um, if you're interested, we have. And he'll probably kill me that I'm saying this. He was like, you know, he's like, you're more than welcome to come back and hang out with us and, you know, continue working with us on like a free basis or work on your own stuff. He's like, what, it's all up to you. Just, you know, figured we loved having you. It seems like you had a good time. Like, just, you know, want to have you back in the mix. I feel like if we've never done this podcast, that moment never would have meant so much to me. Mm. Um, in retrospect, right? Because that it wasn't necessarily a break, but um, I was sitting there when I got the call for the job, you know, the job that I'm at now, and I was like, "Hey, you know, I just got a job offer. Like, this is this is real." And 
everyone there was excited for me. That's and cool. You don't. Know, I'm saying this because I feel like if we didn't do this podcast, I wouldn't realize how valuable that is. Seeing how much our guests have valued the small thing, whether it's a an outstretched arm. Um, in good faith by someone they know, whether it's just a op- small opportunity to turn into something big, but like, you know, seeing how valuable that has been for them has made me really be like, oh shit, like, you know, these small things matter. Yes, they add um, up. They do matter. Yeah, man. It's good. Cool. So, uh, huh. Any, uh, I, uh we're running on 30 minutes and we, this doesn't it, need to be as long, but. No, I was just going to say, you know, we could, could wrap well, it. I, I do have two, two questions for you. And, okay. and I'll, I won't tell you the second one. I'll tell you just the first one. All right. Um, Weirdest moment for you on the podcast? If you have, if you had any weird, I don't know if you had any weird moments. Weirdest moment? And I don't. Yeah, I don't mean like like you were recording in the bathroom or something weird, but like I don't know something that struck you as odd in a good or bad way, just in general. Hmm. It could even be like in reference to you or I. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, I think for the most part, it was me um, when I re-listened to a lot of them saying something uh, stupid, uh, and not necessarily <laughs> stupid, but. But I was I was listening through, and there were just a few things that I don't I, I don't just don't know what I was saying for a bit, and uh, so that that would be the weird moment is I guess the situation where I pull the trigger in my head to say something, and then mm-hmm. it comes out and, and it doesn't uh, come out as well as I thought it was going to, and mm-hmm. uh, I think there were a few moments that maybe missed uh, that I you know I don't think anyone yeah. really reacted to, and I was just like all right. Then we'll just keep going here. <laughs> it's like a joke that gets no laugh kind of thing. Uh, yeah, you know, because I don't know if you could kind of tell, but, you know, the way these shows are going is you, you kind of drive it and, you know, you provide a lot of the commentary and then I'm kind of a punchline person. You know, I like to chime in and yeah. do my little well, that, things I, here. I, I'm going to jump ahead and this brings in the second question, but I want you to finish that point. The second question would be like, what do you want to do for the next season? Because I think I noticed that too. Um, and I'm going to – this is a brief tangent, but – the odd oddity or the shitty thing that I did in the beginning is that I spoke a lot. Um, yeah, and I think toward, that's towards true. the end, I think I got a little bit better on that. Uh, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm patting myself on the back a little too much, but I think next season I want you to be involved more. Yes, uh, and speaking wise, driving those convos. Yeah, and, and and you know it's less. It's less that I didn't. I wanted to be less involved. It's more. I think that's just my my kind of thing, my shtick. You know, kind of my uh, yeah. personality is. I, you said I say quickly a lot because I, I kind of do things quickly. You know, I if I have a point, except for speaking, if I have a point, I try to make it quickly. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, it's but fair. but I'm with you, um, and I think, I think I want that too. And I think you were totally right that in the first uh, first few episodes. Um, that I think, yeah, you spoke a little much. And we talked about it, and I told you you did, and that's right. And then it evened out, and uh, yeah. it was all good. It definitely got got better. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you want to do different, do better, do new in the next season? FYI, listeners, if there are any listeners besides our parents, right. we literally haven't talked about this before right now. So not only is this a recap of the season, but it's also us like trying to figure out what the fuck we're going to do for season yeah. two. Well, and that's what I was going to say. So if there's any listeners that did do – that um you know, found this useful or that they like it and that are still listening. Um, thank you. <laughs> that are still listening. Thank you. And if you, you know, if you do want us to uh, continue to do it, feel free to on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm so at, th- at, thanks mom. I'm, thanks for listening to all of these. I appreciate it. I'm at NR on Twitter and, uh, 
Patrick's at uh, at Patrick B. Johnson. Feel free to drop us a line or just say, hey, I listened and it was actually not that crappy. So that'd be awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But going forward, Patrick, I think um, I do want to enter into a couple new territories. Like I want to mix up some of the some of the guests, uh, still creatives, but definitely want to bring in some art, some music. I think that'd be cool. A little bit creative of creative as not creative in tech, but creative in general. That's what I meant. Correct. So uh, if, like you make murals out of popsicle sticks. It doesn't matter. You're creative. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and you know what though, there could always, in, in which there is in most cases, be that underlying tech layer, right? So there could be, sure. you know, some guys I know that are, uh, that are producers, they produce music. And so there's a tech piece there that they could go into as well as their story of the start. Same with art, you know, can run the gamut. So I think that'd be cool. Uh, and then I'm going to invest in a better mic, guys, I promise. <laughs> I, I, I'm i not going to, I don't have a great mic. Uh, well, but yours sounds I've listened, good. You I, well, sound better. It sounds okay, but I've listened to some of the audios and some of it has a little, and I don't actually, I don't know if it's my room because it's a, you know, it's not a huge room. Um, and I'm next to two walls or if it's the mic, but I, I hear in some of the audio that I'm getting, um, not feedback, but like an echo. I don't mm. know. Sometimes echo, sometimes a little tingy. Um, I have like a, a blue mic, like $50 mic. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Cause it's like, uh, do I spend 200 bucks on a roadster mic that, that Tim Smith swears by? And I don't think he's wrong, but do I spend 200 bucks on a mic on something that is more of like a fun project that might not yield any profit which is okay but it's the first season in i don't know you know well, it's yeah, more like but, oh well if we keep doing this yeah i'm gonna invest yeah and i Otherwise, think what you have to eh. i think what you have to understand too is that you'll be speaking this isn't the last time even if this podcast doesn't continue or does whatever this isn't the last or or singular thing you'll be doing you'll be interviewed you'll be taking part in hangouts you'll be yeah yeah but i don't know how many of those things outside of like we need production level quality for this, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't need production level quality to Skype with my brother. That's true. Um, so it's yeah, I don't know. It's it's weighing those things around, but okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you guys what Mike Nick has, but he definitely needs to upgrade. Yes, he um, does. Oh, third person. So what about you? And then let's wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, um, I think I agree with you on getting different views out there. I know. I know with since you have a quote unquote less technical background than myself or mm-hmm. some of our guests, it might not be the greatest conversation starter for us to talk about uh, how opinionated a language is versus one not being as opinionated. That probably means nothing to you, um, or not as not as important, right? So I think varying it up is going to be valuable for all of us yeah. because we can we we learn a lot, guests learn a lot, um, and it's you know that's just probably a cooler show but i think what's more important is um you and i definitely should probably have like a sit-down session where we go to honkos and get some bon me sandwiches oh and, yes and and actually map out like all right who are the 15 people we're gonna try to reach out to for season two to get on the show whether we have 15 or not but i think getting a mixture of backgrounds and then interest from you and i is gonna help make a more diverse show um versus having like a bunch of people that i admire right because mm-hmm. um, that might not be as compelling for you I think that's one thing. Um, the other thing I think is, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I think it's it's sort of like a it's a double edged sword because this is merely something we're doing out of interest, right? This is a hobby for us, if you will. Um, so we're doing it for the pure sake of it being fun for us, 
With that being said, I think we should probably treat it a little bit more like a, a tangible thing. Um, I think if we hold ourselves to a little bit better guidelines and uh, timelines, it's going to help out on both ends. Like, you know, I've slacked on like there's been nights where I'm like, ah, oh, this is just fun. I'm going to I'm not going to work on mm-hmm. the website tonight. And I probably should have. There's been times where we've gotten busy and had to reschedule yeah. on both parts. So I think if we treat it a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say professionally, but, you know, more important. Get the shit out there. Get it done because these this these are interviews are great, but they don't do any great sitting in Dropbox. This is true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's all I got. Cool. Let's let's wrap this bad boy. Right. We're thirty seven minutes in. Uh, we're gonna call it a, a recap show. Thanks for everyone. What would you um, say? A post mortem. I I think I like that instead. What a post mortem? What do you mean? What? We're calling it that. Oh oh the. <laughs> Season one postmortem. Yeah, that's cool. No, I like that. That that'll we'll change the post title to that. So yeah, so I guess thirty-seven minutes and thirty seconds and this is the the start season one postmortem. Thank you guys for listening. I don't know if you've listened to this episode, if you've listened to the entire season or just some seasons, regardless if you're hearing this, we appreciate you as someone who took the time out of your day to let us fill your ears and brain with nonsense. Thank you. Thank you. Um and a last plug you probably already know it but it's at the start uh you can reach nick rovisa his um his twitter is at the letter n the letter r as in nick rovisa so nr on twitter i'm patrick johnson um the twitter is patrick b johnson so it's patrick b as in boy johnson it's a really long name i know if if any of you work at twitter and can get me pbj do it i would love it but without further ado thank you guys for listening